Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Animation Fascination. I'm Mark Bibbert, and with me again, as always, is Matt Quest. Hello! Uh, today, our guest hosts are TJ and Julie from the Pixar Post. Well, howdy! Hello! Uh, and you guys just started doing your podcast a, a few months ago. Where can people find you on the internet? You can find us all over the place. We've got uh, anything from our website, which is just pixarpost.com. We've got our Twitter handle, which unfortunately that was taken as at Pixar Post. So it's okay. at the Pixar Post. And we've got Facebook, Instagram, all the rest of them. If you just go to pixarpost.com, all of the social media links are at the top of our page. Very awesome. Yeah, and if you guys ever want to find the the latest Pixar news from everything, that's where you need to go. Because that's usually where we go to find it for our site, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no problem. Uh, and then if anyone hasn't listened to this podcast before, our podcast focuses on the world of animation. Each episode, we feature an animated series or film from the past or present, whether it's traditionally hand-drawn, computer-generated, or stop-motion. If it's animated, it is up for discussion with us. So with that introduction, we'll be back in a few seconds with our new releases for the week. releases for the week everyone so the first thing i'm really excited about came out uh first and second season of adventure time came on blu-ray this past week uh matt and i talked about this with george a few episodes back and how we really wanted the show to be on blu-ray because of how vibrant the color palette is for the show it really benefits from the hd treatment and the the blu-rays for this do not disappoint in that uh, it has really creative packaging where uh, the slipcover for the first season is the character Finn. And when that comes off, it shows him with like his, his flowing blonde locks just all over the place. Uh, and then you open it up, um, the disc is, is his skull. And then on the basically the, the insert in there, it's got his brain. So basically it's kind of like the, the old books you would look at when you were a kid where like you keep looking through the layers of, of something and peeling it back. But that's, I thought that was, I like when they do packaging like that and not, you know, just, <laughs> they're actually creative about it. Uh, on here, there's 26 episodes from that first season. Uh, commentaries on six of the episodes with the directors, the voice actors. There's extras like animatics, featurettes, uh, music video, Findemonium, and a even a short animated thing on there called The Want. So that's the first season. And then the second season, there's 26 commentaries, which is basically, you can, it's a five-hour commentary track that you can watch all 26 episodes from that season back-to-back-to-back-to-back with this five-hour commentary playing over all of it. So that's pretty interesting in and of itself. I don't know if I'd ever sit down and watch all five hours (laughs) like that back-to-back, but I think that's kind of cool that maybe that they did that. Um, And then there is a... A extra on here called the Crew of Adventure Time, interviewed by the creator Pendleton Ward, where he walks around and shows them a, a scene from the show that they just finished and gets everybody's reaction to it. So, if if this is a show that you guys like, 
it is definitely worth picking up. I believe they're they're only about twenty bucks each. So and I'm I'm hoping that season three and four come out within the next year or so since those are always already out on TV. So there's that. Uh, the next one, uh, we just interviewed Cal Brunker a few episodes back yeah. for Escape from Planet Earth, and I was lucky enough to ac- actually get a copy of the, the movie from him uh, on Blu-ray recently, so that was pretty cool. Uh, on on the movie, there's a commentary with him. So if you listen to our episode where we interviewed him, there's a lot of the same stuff he told us is on the commentary, which is, is kind of cool. And then it kind of it's basically like a bonus feature to our episode of the podcast or our podcast is a bonus feature to the blu-ray yeah so if you want another bonus feature to the blu-ray listen to our podcast <laughs> as a second audio commentary to the movie yeah we actually listened to that episode where you had uh, had the interview with them and it was actually really really interesting i mean he gave a ton of details and just really opened up about the whole process and i mean how cool to interview a feature director yeah i mean that was that was pretty cool I really, Matt and I both enjoyed really doing that. That was, I think that was one of the episodes we had the most fun interviewing uh, one of our guests because he just, he was uh, very talkative. He had like really interesting things to say. And Matt, what did you think about that? Like, again, when he did that? Oh yeah, we could totally relate to him. And then like how he got into directing, like I could totally relate to that and how he came through the industry. So it was really interesting to hear his story of how he got into that. And just, he gave us so much detail on the process and it was, it was a great interview. Yeah. Yeah. And if I remember properly, um, I believe he was, got into a really good heartfelt talk where he was talking about how, you know, upper management was saying, well, Hey, you know, we've got to keep going on this. And he kind of pushed his team or the team when he told them that they were going to have to cut the quality a little bit. Yeah. They all just jumped in and worked harder on it. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was really cool. He actually talks about that a little bit on the commentary for the Blu-ray too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, and he, he's a, he's a really nice guy. I'm friends with him on Facebook now too. And he's, so he, he's, he's a nice guy. Uh, there's also making of escape from planet earth, which I thought was kind of funny because I don't, back when the movie came out in, in theaters, they had something on the Apple trailers, which was like 20 minutes long. And I was like, oh, this is kind of weird. It's something like they would put on the, the Blu-ray as a bonus feature. And it's, I went to watch it. And it's exactly the same thing I watched on the Apple trailer back like four months or so ago. So I guess if you already watched that, you can watch it again on here now. But uh, there's ultimate takes and deleted scenes. There's how to make an animated feature with, with Kel talking about how the process and it, it takes you through the steps of going from the storyboards to the the staging to uh, the rough animation and then finally like the lighting and the effects and everything all right and the, and the last bonus feature on there is the standard music video to accompany the blu-ray uh, for the the original songs that they did for the film with owl city delta ray and cody simpson so if you guys are a fan of those uh, bands and musicians, check those out. Uh, the next one, I know TJ and Julie have an uh, interesting story to tell us about with this. Uh, Oz the Great and Powerful, these next ones are the ones that are going to come out this upcoming Tuesday on the 11th, is coming out on Blu-ray. Uh, usually Disney packages their 3D Blu-rays with their big sets, but for some reason Oz, they this uh, and apparently this is the only time they're doing this because when Iron Man 3 comes out in August, they're back to packaging the 3D one with 
the set again, but you can buy the 3D set by itself, and then there's this one that comes with the Blu-ray, the DVD, and a digital copy. And this is the one that's got the bonus features on it. Uh, I, we talked about this a little bit back when we saw it in theaters. Matt, did you ever get to see it? I, unfortunately, still have not seen it. All right, well, then rent it Tuesday. Yes! <laughs> and this is where I will segue into TJ and Julie's story about the movie. Yeah, well, I'm going to actually segue this over to Julie because she was the one that was lucky enough to be an extra in this movie. Um, so she's the one that's going to have any good stories. So, Mark, seeing it, though, uh, before we throw it back over to Julie, was there anything that in the movie, like a, a moment or anything like that, that kind of caught your eye or a, a specific scene that was more intense than another? And then we're going to cross our fingers that that was the one she was in. Uh... <laughs> Come on, yes, pick it. speak wisely. Mark. Yeah, pull it out of our brain. <laughs> Without spoiling any anything from from Matt, I would have to say maybe the ending climactic scene. Um, that wasn't the scene that I was in. But she but was in another climactic yes, scene. I was. Um, without really spoiling it, I mean, it was in a trailer, so I guess I could mention it. It's when the, the um witch. the witch comes in to the yellow brick road. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. No. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I was on that film for a month and a half. So how okay. I didn't get fired from my existing day job, I'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> Told them that you were on jury duty. Yes. <laughs> it's a big case. Um, no, it was it was actually a wonderful experience. Um, you know, I had hair and makeup done by um, my hair and makeup artists were the ones that did Michelle Williams every morning. Oh, man. So I got to sit and chat with her every day, which was kind of neat. Um, my hair and makeup took about two hours every morning. And we were on set for about 16 hours a day. And um, right, I'd say, gosh, week five of me being on set, um, the hair, the headpiece that I had to wear was so heavy. It actually made my hair fall out. And I had oh, yeah. two quarter size pieces of hair that like basically fell out. So I had two bald spots on top of my head, oh my which God. yeah, wasn't very nice. It's not a fun moment in our household. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and being a girl and that talk about, I mean, hair is yeah. like our life, but having it be on the top of your head, you cannot cover it up. Um, thankfully it is now grown back. That's been about year, two years now since I was on set, but um, no, it was wonderful experience. Yeah, so, okay, so that scene. Yeah, it so was just expand, basically... Expand on that scene a little bit more, because there was the really funny part with the broom and everything. Yeah, it's basically um, when the wizard and Glenda come in on a bubble, and they arrive at the Yellow Brick Road. There's about two days in the film that show that Yellow Brick Road scene, and you can, to you can definitely see me. Yeah, um, but what's your, what's your total screen time in the movie? So after a month and a half, how much time on the screen did you get? Maybe 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's one really close scene where you can only see her, James Franco, and one other person, though. Yeah. So. Oh, very cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So we're excited to see the Blu-ray, too. But, okay, so finish the, the story when you oh, guys come in. Oh, there's just a the lot of just funny behind-the-scenes where they didn't want to spend money, like, you know, for CG animation because it is so expensive. Um, there's a scene where um, the Bad Witch, I won't say who it is, um, summons a broom from oh, yeah. one of the people. I think this so, is actually on the bloopers, I think. That's right, it that, was. They yes. did release that, yes. So it kept whacking the actress. <laughs> and they, Because they were trying to do it with an actual broom. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. But the weight of it, you know, because they they have it on like um, wires and it just kept hitting her and it just didn't have that weight. So then they were like saying how much money it's going to cost for them to do CG animation. They're like, forget it. Like seven hours later of her getting hit with the broom, <laughs> they decided to, you know, CG animate it. So that was kind of neat. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Yeah, so she's that's got, my story. She's got a ton of these cool <laughs> stories, though. I mean, like, the people that were doing her makeup and all that, they've won, like, Oscars. What was, what did the... For Beetlejuice. For Beetlejuice. And, I mean, just all the all the characters. I mean, imagine seeing all of the, you know, little people that are on set, and then you've got the super tall people and all the characters with all the makeup and everything. I mean, it was just a wild set. It was all filmed, what, like, 45 minutes from our house? Yeah, it was all filmed in Michigan. So. Oh, yeah, I saw that at the end of the movie. Jeez, it says filmed cool. in pure Michigan. Yeah. yeah, and it was pretty cool that it was um, all 100%, because she's been an extra in uh, quite a few movies, um, but it was actually really cool that this one was shot 100% in, in a, a studio. studio. Oh, so yeah. none of oh. it was filmed outside. Wow. So it was like seeing like a classic film all on, you know, on scene, on set or whatever. It's yeah, kind of really, kinda really cool. That's pretty cool. So you might even be in that blue, where, are you in that in that shot with with the, the broom? Um, you know, I... I can't, I don't even remember if I am. I know I'm in a bunch of stuff. I know, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to make it or hit the cutting room floor. Yeah. They did my hair because I had the craziest hair. Oh, um, which, which, which group of people were you there? Because I know there's, there's the quadlings. I was the quadling. Okay. I was the queen bee quadling. My title. So Matt, you'll have to look for that when you when you watch it, and I'll have to yeah, watch it again and try I to find. Definitely it. will. <laughs> yeah, and the other thing out. that's cool, she's not she's not in the credits or anything uh, in the movie itself. But what is really cool is in the Art of Oz book, her name is in that book. Oh, that's cool. Oh, nice. And I'm in a and I'm a kids book too. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. There's a kids book with like stickers that she's in too. <laughs> not that you needed to know all this on your <laughs> podcast. <laughs> well, no, that's, that's a cool story. Yeah. So, uh, so we haven't actually seen the the Blu-ray yet. So, is there anything else that's you know special on it or anything like that? Uh, it, it's kind of interesting because I, I mean, if you did, if you saw the film, you know how the the movie opens in the four by three. Yes. Yeah. Uh, although, what's kind of weird is that it's it's almost like a. It's not. It's in the widescreen four by three though, so what? It's kind of oh. weird when you watch the. It's like not in standard four by three, so. It's basically this square that's like inset all together. Inset all inset all of this black on your TV. Huh. So I mean, I thought like I mean that kind of stinks the way that it ended up being like that on, I guess at, for the home release. But it, it yeah, looks cool. It was, it yeah, was so ahead. impactful in the theater how it kind of yeah. opened up then. Yeah, when it does get to the point where it opens up to that, it looks good. Again, it just stinks that it wasn't. Because then it's like, like super small for for mm-hmm. the whole beginning of the film, which kind of stinks. But uh, it, it looks great in HD on the Blu-ray. Uh, like we were talking about, the, there's bloopers on here. They're about like six or seven minutes long. Mm-hmm. And they kind of intersperse the, the scene with uh, the Wicked Witch getting hit in the face with her broom. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a cool thing on here that James Franco produced and directed, which is... Uh, my journey in Oz, and it's it's him interviewing different people that were working on the film, like Zach Braff, Michelle Williams, Sam Raimi, and uh, as well as Mila Kunis, and talking about like how they liked doing different portions of the films, and and with like with Zach Braff, 
where like he was on set for portions of the film but since he does what's the name of the the monkey again do you guys remember finley finley since since finley is cg even though some scenes he came in and like would stand in the mark and like do his voice off off frame but so that that's pretty cool and it's it's nice to see like a different kind of bonus feature with the way that uh james franco put that together and whatnot there's a, a pretty cool Mr. Elfman's musical concoctions uh, showing Danny Elfman putting together the, the score for the film. And he's got a nice little imitation of Sam Raimi in there, too. Uh, there's China Girl and the Suspension of Disbelief. So you can see how they actually, well, you probably know since you're on set, but they used the marionette to yep. shoot the scenes with the, the China Girl. And then they ended up putting in the CG later on. So that way he would have a frame of reference like what to look at during the film and be able to hold something. So it shows how they did that. Um, there's Before Your Very Eyes from Kansas to Oz, which shows the production designers, um, like how he, how he was influenced by classic Disney films like like Bambi and Snow White to and to try to make the this uh, this Oz feel as Disney as possible. And like it shows comparisons to like some of the trees you see in the film look like the the trees and snow white and whatnot so that, that's that's really cool especially if you're into the production design and stuff and i guess what was cool about this is that usually with a film that has this much cg in it there's a guy that does the practical production design and then someone that comes in to design the the cg portions but he actually designed all of the the cd uh, cd the cg <laughs> sets as well so that was pretty awesome and then this bonus feature i guess is kind of uh well i won't say it but uh, it's just called uh, mila's metamorphosis and it shows uh, pretty cool stuff about her character in the film uh and then walt disney and the road to oz which is a, a really cool little feature about walt disney's fascination with the wizard of oz and how like it tracks back all the way really to snow white and the seven dwarfs where Right after that came out, and that did so well, I don't remember the guy's name, but the guy from uh, MGM bought the rights to The Wizard of Oz because he saw that Snow White could do so well as a film. And unfortunately for Walt Disney, he had already bought them. So, And then it shows uh, how they were going to do the, the Rainbow Road to Oz, which ultimately didn't happen. And then it shows a little bit of the Return to Oz Disney film that came out back in believe the early 90s late 80s and then finally how this film came to pass so it's a pretty good collection of bonus features on there and then if you get this version that's got the blu-ray dvd and digital copy you can pay i think it said 5.99 and they'll send you the 3d blu-ray too and it also comes with a free ticket to the lone ranger so hmm. if you want to see the lone ranger and you like osgarn powerful you get that little added bonus of it as well uh, kind of segueing off of, of that, um, luckily me and my wife babysit a, a little girl that's a little over a year old, um, because this would be too young for our son Patrick now, but, uh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, the DVD is coming out that comes out very well planned by Disney's part on the same day as Oz the Grand Powerful is Minnie's The Wizard of Diz, um, and it's a special for Mickey Mouse Clubhouse where it's in, 
obviously it's inspired by the Wizard of Oz and aimed at, you know, the the one to four year old crowd and I don't know, I thought I thought it was good for who it's aimed at. And and Bill Farmer did a, a good job as Goofy. And then there's also tons of bonus features on there for the little boys and girls to play with as well. So that's definitely worth checking out if you have a little toddler running around the house and they like Wizard of Oz and Minnie. Uh, the next three are another Disney releases coming out on the 11th because Disney likes doing their their mass exodus of animation on Blu-ray like in chunks at a time. So the ones that are coming out this Tuesday, the 11th, are Lilo and Stitch. And these are all double packs. So you get Lilo and Stitch and Lilo and Stitch 2, Stitch as a Glitch. <laughs> uh, Emperor's New Groove and Kronk's New Groove and Atlantis. Lost Empire and Atlantis, Milo's Return. Uh, and at first, I was really excited for for all these Blu-rays. And Lilo and Stitch and Emperor's New Groove and Atlantis all look fantastic on Blu-ray. The thing I'm really disappointed in Disney about, though, for the, the Stitch uh, Blu-ray and the Emperor's New Groove Blu-ray is that they have zero bonus features on them whatsoever. <laughs> Uh, and I'm not asking for new bonus features. You don't need to put anything new on there. Just at least pour over the ones that you've already made and put them on the Blu-ray so that if <laughs> I owned the DVD in the past, I can get rid of it, or so I don't also have to buy the DVD so I can watch the bonus features. Now, granted, this comes with a DVD of Lilo and Stitch that has all of those bonus features on it, but if you owned the two-disc version of Lilo and Stitch that came out, I think it was the big wave edition that came out a few years ago, it's got a like like an hour and a half documentary on there about the making of the film. It's not that version of the DVD. It's, this is the initial DVD that came out back in 2003. It's even got an ad on there for Lady and Tramp and the Tramp coming to DVD for the first time. So it's it's like verbatim just that that DVD that came out. So That's if, interesting. Yeah. So if you want to watch the movie with audio commentary or any of those bonus features, you have to to watch it on DVD, I guess, basically. So and that's exactly what happened with Emperor's New Groove as well. There's no bonus features on that. It's got the DVD for that too. So if you want to watch the bonus features or the audio commentary, you have to watch the DVD. And I mean, I didn't expect to see the the sweat box on there or anything like that again. If you already have the bonus features available, just put them on the Blu-ray. They've been doing that, so I don't understand why they made Lilo and Stitch and Emperor's New Groove bare bones Blu-ray releases. And then what's kind of funny is that since this comes out the same day, Atlantis has the bonus features for the movie on the Blu-ray. And I like Atlantis a lot, but I know if if there was uh, a poll. I'm pretty sure Lilo and Stitch would rank among the most popular of these three coming out on Tuesday, and Atlantis would be the least popular. So it's it's weird that they put bonus features on this release for Atlantis, but they didn't do that for Emperor's New Groove or Lilo and Stitch. So I don't know. I just think it's kind of weird that Disney did that, and I'm hoping that's not a sign of things to come with Robin Hood and Oliver and Company and all the other and uh, Sword in the Stone when they come out in August. So. Fingers crossed that Disney's not going to be not putting bonus features on their non-Diamond Edition Blu-rays that are coming out in the future. 
but yeah, those are all going to be available on the 11th. Uh, the next thing that's also coming out on the 11th, uh, I just got it the other day. Uh, TJ and Julie, do you guys have a copy of the Art of Monsters University too? You know it. <laughs> I, I know Matt's going to be picking it up too, but I was excited to get this. I read as much of it as I could before I got to the point where I didn't want to read anymore because I didn't want to get spoiled on stuff in the film because I know there's an entire color script for the movie in there that shows pretty much what happens from the beginning to the end and big plot points that happen in the movie. And since Matt and I haven't seen it yet, I don't, I don't want to read that stuff yet. And I mean, I know I'd still enjoy the film, but I want to have some surprises while I'm watching it. So all the art in there is, is beautiful. Uh, what, what did you guys think about the book? It's unbelievable. What What's really neat is um, when I went for the Monsters University press event at Pixar, Lucky. it was fun to kind mm-hmm. of see what I already had seen that made it into the book. So that was kind of neat. Um, and also the early sketches of, some, of how some of these characters started as, like yeah, their cool. early concept drawings was really interesting. And of course, the um, the architecture how that architecture is shown. Those are my favorite Yeah, all the buildings and everything. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the book is gorgeous. And actually, uh, it came out kind of early. It came out last week, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, they they surprised everybody because originally it was June 24th, then they moved it to the 11th, and all of a sudden it was like, last Tuesday it was out. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, so it it just blew everybody's mind. So sorry, go ahead. (laughs) I was going to say I'm surprised that they're releasing it that early before the film comes out because of... The things that are in it and yeah oh yeah because oh, yeah. Yeah, like you know oh god i was just gonna say they've, they've released a lot of you know like they have that monsters university fear book which is like a you know a mock yearbook oh yeah uh they have the the golden the, book the golden books and all those and all of them essentially reveal the the full story already oh, yeah so it's it is interesting it, that kind of stinks that i mean i know they have to do that because they want it to be out when the movie is out so that they can be making the money off of it. But I mean, that, that does kind of stink in some aspect that if you just rent, if your, if your kid wants you to buy that golden book for them, then they want you to read it to them at night. You're like, you're but right. no, I don't want to ruin the movie. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> yeah. Yeah. Luckily, but, luckily most parents are probably like, whatever, I'll read whatever they yeah. want. <laughs> but what? yes, if it was, if we had kids and they asked us, I'd be like, Oh, we're not reading that one yet. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, but I, yeah, the, I remember I accidentally, quote unquote, accidentally looked at the the back of the Toy Story three, golden book when that came out, and I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, at least all the emotional stuff in the movie still resonated with me, even though I, I guess, kind of ruined it for myself by seeing what was going to happen at certain points in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, the book does a great job of breaking everything down by the characters, the environments, and then getting into the stories and the different sections of the movie, kind of how it matches up with different the epilogues and the acts and all that kind of stuff. It's the great. Lighting. There's a big section. Yeah, there's a big section on the lighting. It's it's a as usual, if you like the other art of books, I mean this is a natural you must have it. If you like those other kind of books where it shows you all that behind the scenes kind of stuff, because it's all there. I really enjoy. It. I liked on um, if you take the the dust cover off. There's an embossed Monsters University logo on the front cover as well. So I always I like sneaking under or sneaking a peek under the the dust covers to see because sometimes they have pretty cool designs under those for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the brave one was really cool too. How it had that. Well, I guess they all do, don't they? 
Yeah, you know, we'd have we have them all. We have of, a really of the art of as the art ofs, but uh, yeah, but it is really cool how it does have that embossing on there. This is my my first Pixar art of book. I want all the other ones, but this is the first one I've been able to get. So I'm hoping I can go back in time and get all get all those other ones as well. So yeah, oh, got, it's definitely worth yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, Matt's got a pretty good collection of the art of books for for all his favorite films too. So, and Matt, I use a lot of those for yeah. work too. It's it's really nice to go through them and you know grab like color palettes from here and there and you know I, I utilize a lot of that. Definitely, and you, Matt, you are definitely going to want to pick that up. Yeah, yeah especially I, I guess since it's out wait for the lighting just to look at that. Yeah, didn't didn't they actually develop a new lighting rig? Well, they turned on the ray trace button basically. <laughs> Because I remember so that they, they, um, it's the first movie that they're using. They're they implemented global illumination into the film, right? So I mean, it's into a it, Pixar film. Yeah. So essentially, as you know, Matt was saying, it's the ray tracing aspect of it. It um, you know they expanded upon what was already there. So you know, a lot of times people think that because they're getting so much press for the term of global illumination that they created it, but essentially they didn't create it. Uh, they essentially just expanded upon their existing lighting system and some of the other global illumination that was already out there to improve upon it for Monsters University. So that's why they're really getting this big punch because of how advanced they helped it become. Definitely. At least from yeah. that's from what they said. But Matt, you know, obviously you having the more direct experience with it, give us some <laughs> insight there. <laughs> it's basically like... They, what they did in previous movies was they would create lights to create shadows and, you know, bright areas. And now with this ray tracing and global illumination, it's all kept like the shadows and the lighting is all, you know, calculated to real life. So it's like almost, it, it's possible to say, to say it's realistic now. So, because it, it's calculated with, um, you know, linear decay, which the light actually fades off at a linear fashion as, you know, when you get further away from the light and you get that realistic looking shadows, if that makes any sense to you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we read one of their technical documents that they put out on the on their technical website. And, mm-hmm. uh, it, and it talks about how it breaks it down into three main sections, how the main light you know, how they place that main light, but then it will automatically generate the bounce light and then the, like the, the tertiary mm-hmm. bounce light. <laughs> so the third, the, the third place that the, the light is bouncing off of and how it impacts the pixels and how it properly will choose the right color on the bounce and on the shadow and all that kind of stuff. So it was really interesting, but yeah, not being in the industry, I was like, hoo <laughs> Yeah, and I think I said linear. I meant quadratic. <laughs> linear uh, is when it uh, goes off at a constant rate. Quadratic, they actually use a formula, and it's like a real-life light where it drops off a little quicker than a linear light. But, yeah, I, I actually teach a college class at a college in Buffalo, and I specialize in lighting and rendering. So <laughs> if all my students out here are listening, they better know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably all yelling at you going, it's quadratic. <laughs> yeah. You can show them Monsters University in, in the fall for for a class, Matt. Oh, I will. You'd be yeah, like, well, "This is for the, for classwork. You guys have to watch the lighting in this movie." I'll actually recommend that they have to buy the Monsters University art book to start that class. Nice. <laughs> See, I, I always liked when I had had teachers in college that like wanted me to buy books that I would 
then actually want to keep after that class since I'm paying so much for that book. So, mm-hmm. Matt, you are a good college professor. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and, and with that, guys, that is our new, our new releases for the week. We'll be back in a few seconds with our news. for the week guys uh the first thing is uh dreamworks animation is going to be heading to the outback with a film called larrikins yeah this, this so this new dreamworks film looks pretty interesting to me because when they announced what kind of animal they they would be doing in the film it's called a, a bilby uh, i google search that to see what it looked like and if if they kind of do a character of that or even if they just do it for what it looks like in real life that seems like it'll be a very interesting looking character for the film it kind of looks like if you mixed a a rabbit with a a mouse, almost because it's got like rabbit like like ears and and like a long snout and huh. looks like a mouse more or less. Uh, but they're working on it with uh, writer Harry Cripps and Christina Steinberg, who did uh, Rise of the Guardians. Um, What's pretty interesting about this is that it's about a mischievous youth, a story of an uptight Bilby, a desert-dwelling marsupial who longs to escape the shelter of his family burrow and see the vast world outside. I don't know if I just don't know who this guy is, but apparently it's a big deal. It's Tim uh, Minchin. Do you guys, does anybody know who this is? No. All right. I'm glad that (laughs) I'm the only one that does. But apparently uh, he was nominated for 12 Tony Awards for... Matilda the musical and he's going to be hmm. helping writing this film because he's doing the music for because apparently DreamWorks is doing this as a musical and this I think this will be like the second or third musical that they're going to be starting to do because they're also doing an animated film called Mumbai uh, musical uh, coming out in 2014 so I guess they're they're going to be going on the musical route for a while and it'll be I think it'll be cool to see the what they do with the Australian Outback and the animation for that, I'm sure will look pretty, pretty awesome. Matt, I know that you'll be excited about this because this was actually a recommendation that you did a while back for a short called Pixels. Oh yeah. And with this, they're actually going to be making a feature film out of it now, apparently. Oh, I can't wait to see that. That'll be great. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm wondering how, Exactly how they'll expand upon it, though, and, like, what the story will be. And it's apparently uh, Columbia and Happy Madison are the, the companies producing it, and d- director Chris Columbus will be the director. who He also did Home Alone, Harry Potter, and Sorcerer's Stone, and various other awesome movies from her past. Yeah, it's awesome to see, actually, people getting recognized, you know, from their videos on Vimeo and getting the opportunity to make full-length uh, productions like this. Have you, uh, TJ or Julie, have you guys ever seen the short? No. Oh, it's worth a watch. It's really good. Okay. It's really cool. It's kind of, it's got all these eight big characters like Pac-Man and then uh, King Kong and how, and they come to the the real world and how they like to interact with it and they kind of take over almost like as, as a, a plague and it's, it's pretty interesting to definitely check it out. There's a link 
it'll be in our show notes. So if you guys haven't seen it yet as well, check that out. It'll be right there. Uh, the next bit of news is Springfield is going to be opening at Universal Studios Orlando. And if you guys are big fans of The Simpsons, you should be excited for this. Adding to uh, the Simpsons ride that is already existing there, they're going to be opening up uh, the Androids Dungeon and Baseball Card Shop, better known as the Comic Book Man Guys uh, store. Uh, there's uh, Radioactive Man, or sorry, Radioactive Man and Fall Out Boy will be walking around in costume around. <laughs> uh, so is this, they just announced this, and it's not like being it's, open it, to the public. It's going it? to be opening this year, apparently. Wait, when does it open? Did they give us a date yet? I don't see a date yet. But okay. I just said. Because I'm going there, like, in a month. I'm going to be at Orlando, so I better, you know, it'd be cool if they opened it then. Yeah, well, if it is open, take plenty of pictures for us, Matt. Yeah, I will be there, and I will be investigating this properly. Yeah, because they're going to have most Tavern uh, with Duff's, with real Duff beer on tap. Uh, there's also You can also get a hot dog or a squishy at the Cookie Mart there, or you can get a Krusty Burger at, at Krusty Burger, or a Lard Lad Donut. So... And then there's also going to be some other food places. It's pretty much like a bunch of like junk food, basically, that's going to be there. Because there's also some other things that are going to be there. We have a, a video that Inside the Magic put together. And you, you can see that there as well. There's going to be some rides. There's King and Kodo's uh, Troll and Hurl. <laughs> uh, Krusty the Clown and Sideshow Bob will be doing a show. No word on if Sideshow Bob will actually murder anybody. And... Yeah, so if you guys are definitely big fans of The Simpsons, this is definitely going to be a mecca for all Simpsons fans to go and check out. And if you're a Harry Potter and uh, Simpsons fan, you can do both in one day now. Uh, so the next one, you guys post this about uh, on your site about Disney and Pixar announcing release dates for their films up through 2018. I I remember you guys kind of gave a guesstimate of what you thought what films might be for what dates, at least for the Pixar films. So what are, what are your thoughts on the, the June 2016 and 17? Uh, and then November 2017 and then June of 2018. <laughs> yeah, so the, we were only assuming that the June of 2016... Uh, is the Dia de los Muertos inspired movie that Lee Unkrich is working on. That's what we're just taking a stab at. Again, we don't have any inside information or anything like that. But since we've already known that that one was in progress and they've talked about it, we're just assuming that that would be the next in line. Definitely. Um, as far as the June 2017, uh, and we can't actually take credit for this one. One of our readers actually uh, left a comment that said that they thought it may be the Teddy Newton feature because right. we know yeah. Teddy Newton is developing a feature who did the short day and night. Right. Uh, so he'll be, that's one that they're projecting that. And then the November, 2017, actually we don't really have a great thought for that one at this point at all. Um, we're hoping, we're hoping for certain directors. Yeah. We're hoping that it could be something along the lines of a, a director that has only done shorts in the past, like a Mark Walsh that did party source Rex or something like right. that. Uh, but we don't really know there. And then we had also heard, because Mark Andrews has already talked about it, that he's going to be working on another feature as well. 
So we're wondering if maybe the 2017 or or no or yeah the November 2017 or June 2018 might be his feature as well. But that's about the. But we a, wouldn't be surprised if John Lasseter was working on something because right. he hasn't done anything since Cars Two. Hmm. How about, how about uh, Pete Doctor? Could he be doing, working on anything right now? Or Pete, is... Pete Doctor is working on something, and we know about his. It's coming out in 2015, and it's a movie called Inside. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I completely. Wow. Well, yeah, well, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. There's so many of them out there, and you know that's why that's why we talk about Pixar. We're ready with it. <laughs> <laughs> to to use a bad pun, it slipped my mind. Hey oh. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so I, and we're gonna start getting spoiled in the next few years. Getting two Pixar films a year. Uh, well, at least if the schedules stay like this, starting uh, was it the it was uh, isn't Finding Nemo two come out in 2015 or, yeah, well not funny Nemo, funny doro funny doro finding dory <laughs> doro is a new character doro is is dory's uh, mom and mom so <laughs> finding yeah, so dory, yeah. inside and out and finding dory in 2015 and then there's two of them that would be slated for 2017 as well so yeah definitely so start basically like every other year there'll be two in a year i don't know if i'm gonna be able to do with myself in 2015 <laughs> <laughs> so i oh mean so yeah. stuff to be excited about especially for all those pixar and disney fans oh absolutely yeah. and the last or one of the last bits of things is uh, with the new man of steel movie coming out bruce tim who did like the batman the animated series who ran the animated series justice league and justice league unlimited and a bunch of other dc animated features is paired up with Zack snyder who's directing Man of Steel, and who also actually has some experience with animation directing Legends Over the Guardians, not to be confused with Rise of the Guardians, um, are they're, they're producing an animated Superman short to kind of celebrate the 75th anniversary of the character. So that'll be pretty cool to, to, see, to see that, because Bruce Timm has done amazing work for DC, and Zack Snyder has got his own kind of style to it. So with them teaming up together i'm sure that short will be amazing and um, it'll probably be on the man of steel blu-ray when that comes out sometime this fall so looking forward to that and uh, the last bit of news i know matt will be excited about as well is uh ah. studio ghibli has released new images from their upcoming film the wind rises and matt what are your thoughts about the the few things that we've got from that I can't wait. I see. I've seen the concept art, and you know, Studio Studio Ghibli just puts out like the most detailed, beautiful, like painted backgrounds, and you know, even in their animation, it's just amazing to watch. And I actually saw, um, you know, my neighbor Totoro in Blu-ray last night, and I was just put back at you know the backgrounds and all the detail they put into that. So I cannot wait for this to come out. Uh, I don't know if if TJ and Julie, if you guys had picked up uh, Hell's Moving Castle or Totoro at all on Blu-ray, the Hell's Moving Castle is actually almost a pretty Pixar-intensive bonus feature Blu-ray for a Miyazaki film. Yeah, we, we listened to your review that you did of that, and it actually made us want to get it, but we have not picked it up yet. It's pretty cool. Uh, so you, guys, you definitely will want to check that out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys, that is our news for the week. We will be back in a few seconds with our new trailers. 
So have you seen any toys uh, plane like for the movie Planes yet come out? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's yeah, some there's, at Disney Store. Yeah, Disney Store has, I mean, tons of them. Tons of them. Okay, and it's good. funny because we want, I really want to like this movie <laughs> um, because of the fact that, well, I collect the die-cast cars from the movie. Yeah. So I really want to like that movie so that way I can buy all those, but I've already <laughs> told myself it's not going to happen. Like, I have to just cut it off it's at some point. Pixar. It's not Pixar. That's yep. going to hurt it for me. And but even though look a fan- bunch of people are assuming that it is Pixar, so that I know, sucks. I know. But the to- the the toys, the planes, they look amazing. They look amazing. I mean, like if you see them when you're there, you totally, absolutely will. You want them. I mean, they look so good, and the even the packaging is amazing on them. I mean, they got like the black yeah. base. It's got this great acrylic top. It has the logo like em- embossed in it. And he everything. almost bought them, but we decided <laughs> to spend two hundred dollars on. Monsters University toys and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty easy to do. I saw like that. There, there's that one uh, Sully stuffed figure that's like 80 bucks. Yeah, we didn't oh, get we, that. No, we bought Jeez. all of the fraternities and sororities. Our Disney store put them all out. Nice. They're not oh. supposed to be out. They were only <laughs> supposed to have Roar and Pink out as of last Monday, but our Disney store, I guess, was crazy about it so they put them all out so we're like yes we bought them all <laughs> they already put out all the pins for those too like the because i know no. that they were doing the roar and pink pins right that those they actually for some reason are sending them on schedule so tomorrow is when they're going to release the next two of them uh and then the next monday after that is when they'll release the final two but yeah those for some reason the pins they're sending them on schedule for some reason interesting yeah but the plush they had all of them already so we're like all right. <laughs> uh, since we're already talking about Monsters University and planes, uh, I won't even segue. We're we're in new trailers, guys. Uh, the, the first thing is the final trailer for Monsters University, and then we're going to talk about a clip. They released a ton of clips, which it seems like a lot more than they have in the past for their films. But I'm going to go around starting with TJ and Julie and then Matt what you guys thought about the final trailer for Monsters University. Cool. So what do you think? Oh, (laughs) I guess I thought it was cool. (laughs) Go ahead, Julie. Um, no, we are loving these new trailers that have been coming out. Um, first off, we've, we've been lucky enough to see the movie twice. Um, it is so fun. So seeing these clips, um, yes, it does show parts of the movie, but I don't think it gives complete spoilers. Like some, trailers have in the past for other animated films um it really does just it makes me want to see it again like the clips that they put together are so awesome the music it's it's fun mm-hmm. it really gets you energized mm-hmm. definitely absolutely yeah that's uh, that's my same thought as well i mean it's it's such a lead up you know seeing that final trailer and hearing the term final trailer because they even released it with that title it's just like, oh, man, now I really want to see this movie again. You know, it's just it, 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 as much as you may see in the trailers as well, it does not take away from the humor. I mean, I guarantee I'm going to throw it out there. I'll guarantee you guys will laugh, if not more than any other Pixar movie, as much as another as your next favorite Pixar movie. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And I do like the fact that they're showing some of these characters that you're going to fall in love with. And that, that's all I'll say, because I don't want to give anything away. But Nice. How about it, you? Oh, they're good. 
How about you, Matt? Well, I'm just, I'm wondering right now, and it's just, you know, it is, you know, a university setting. And I don't, you know, um, know what, TJ, Julie, your college experience was like, or, you know, does it make you want to be, like, back in college, like, watching this film? Well, it it does. Absolutely. It does. Um, <laughs> we didn't do the traditional, traditional go away to college. Uh-huh. I went to a you know local business school, so I did you know living at home that kind so of thing. We're geeky art school and business school kids. <laughs> but but regardless, it still is like you know when you go visit friends and you and you know you've experienced it at some level, and yeah. you can totally you can totally relate to all of it as it comes at you. And it's just, I already said it. It's hilarious. Yeah, I mean we live I mean minutes away from University of Michigan. So that's one oh, of wow, the biggest, yeah. that's one of the biggest schools. I mean, and to be that close and to see what campus life is every day for those kids, it's like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it really, it, it's very accurate. Absolutely. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. I think I'm going to be, um, yeah, very, very enjoying of this Yeah. Movie. Some, some people have been saying recently that they're pretty skeptical about it, but you know, this is one of those ones that, you know, some of them, yeah, I've been skeptical and I was proven wrong. This one, I wasn't skeptical at all. And sometimes that can be the kiss of death when you go in assuming it's going to be great. Oh, yeah. And luckily, you know, we walked out saying, yeah, it was exactly what we were hoping for. I mean, it, awesome. it's great. It's great. The characters, the animation, the story, the story, the music, as much fun as it is, it still has heart. It's, I mean, not that we wanted to get into all that at this point. It, we were just talking about that final trailer, but it's definitely, it's definitely worth it. Definitely. And I'm actually, finally, I'm going to be able to go to a screening of it on Wednesday, and I, I can't wait for Wednesday to get here. <laughs> it's, it's been triple-digit heat here in, in the Phoenix, Arizona area Ooh. for the, the past, like, week. But I, I really hope it's, we get, like, a... A cold wave on Wednesday night because I really want to wear my Monsters University Letterman jacket that that, <laughs> yeah. that you two gave me the idea for because I don't know if you've seen it, Matt, but Julie put I've together the pictures, yeah, yep. that, that awesome Letterman hoodie and yep. like the Uzma Kappa shirt. So I, I want to wear that jacket with with my Monsters University hat and be the super geeky guy at the, the university. <laughs> Absolutely, you're the guy that's wearing the uh, the concert tee to the concert. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Which that's is, how you got to do it, though. That's even like a, a college movie reference in and of itself, because I think that uh, was it. Jeremy Piven says someone like that to John Favreau and and PCU. That's one of my favorite movies. He's like, don't don't wear don't be that guy. Don't wear that the band shirt to the band. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so. With, with, I guess without giving it away, is there references to any like uh, classic college movie? I mean, I mean, I've heard that there's like a lot of kind of Animal House ish type things going on in the film. I would say ish for everything. I think it. I think they drew references from a lot of different films, um, but there's no direct like. No. Yeah, they put they they definitely pay homage. Which I'm glad they pay homage to many of those '80s college movies. In ways, but of course, everything is clean. They still keep it so it's you know highbrow. It doesn't go, it doesn't go bad at all. I mean, yeah. sure they're playing. Uh, a, in the '80s references, I would think of that as being like some of the hairstyles, some of the colors that they used, mm-hmm. um, more muted tones for some parts of it. Um, it's 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 details, which TJ and I pick up on a lot of those details. 
So it was fun to, you know, kind of talk to Dan Scanlon about some of those details that we picked up and saying like, oh, yeah, those details were right that we were thinking, um, but no outward references. Right. Awesome. Uh, and going from there, one of the clips that they released was called Roar Material, and in it uh, takes place, from what I could tell from one of the trailers, like shortly after uh, Mike's uh, wild ride on Archie the Scarepig, that lands him probably right in front of this fret house. And uh, it's got Nathan Fillion's character. I think I think his name is Johnny Worthington. Johnny Worthington the <laughs> third. So, so for all the the Nathan Fillion fans, I'm, I'm sure they'll they'll love his character in the movie. He's got he's pretty well featured in this clip of it, and it gives you a good kind of feeling of what of kind of maybe what starts off the rivalry between Mike and Sully in the film. So well, you'll have to see. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then the next thing, uh, there's a UK trailer release for planes. This is the first trailer that's kind of given like the, the most story for the film. They've released a few trailers for this where there was one that I liked. It was just score from the film accompanied by a, a bunch of beautiful animation from it. So I'm interested to see exactly how this film does uh and here's your monthly reminder that this is not a pixar film it is a disney toon studios film uh the, the same studios that have done uh like tinkerbell the direct uh, video tinkerbell films and i mean i'm assuming disney has enough confidence in it so that it, since it, this was originally a, Dis, a straight to blu-ray and dvd feature two like let's put it in the theaters instead so I'm I'm hoping this is going to be a great film, like like you were saying earlier, TJ. Um, and I, I'm just hoping for the best from it. I'm I guess one of the few people that actually likes Dane Cook. So, uh, although when I heard the the voice casting changing from John Cryer to Dane Cook, I thought that was interesting because they're like two completely different kinds of personalities. So, mm -hmm. uh, I I still wonder exactly what happened with that with. Well, we originally had the trailer posted with, oh, yeah. um, with and they Cook. ripped it down from us. Yeah, like they, yeah, they had put like a, a new trailer on a DVD that had come out, and I hadn't seen it online yet, so I I put it on our YouTube channel, and then we got a thing from Disney telling us to take it off because it was copyright infringement. But yeah, I remember you guys saw that you put that out there that it was taken down, but I mean the the trailers, I mean, at least they've come a lot further, you know, as far as, like you said, giving a lot more of the story, it hopefully at this point is starting to sell more people on it and, you know, see where it goes from there. Definitely. So fingers crossed that plans will be a good film. That is, those are our new trailers for the week guys. And we'll be back in a few seconds with our recommendations. Recommendations for this week, guys. My first, well, my recommendation for the week is Disney's Animash, which is uh, a thing that they did recently with Dan Povenmire and uh, 
Jeff Swampy Marsh from Phineas and Ferb, the amazing Disney Channel cartoon. Uh, they are kind of hosting this thing that for a few different colleges in the, the California area, like CalArts being one of them. Uh, and basically they got 10 minutes to draw a frame or draw as many frames as they could for this short film that they're putting together showing different, uh, basically emo emotions and expressions for the things. And it's cool. After the video I'm doing shows like them putting it all together, but there's also, if you watch, I'm pretty sure it's linked to it. Yeah, the, it is. The, the finish, the finished thing, it's, it's pretty interesting to watch all of these different ideas formed into one four minute uh, animated short and how these different artists' uh, styles and whatnot melt together to form like these different things. I, I thought it was a cool way of kind of sh showing a, like, a team building thing for up and coming animators for Disney and uh, maybe Pixar as well in the future. So yeah, it's interesting the idea of the animash. We we actually did that in college in our uh, traditional animation class. We took instead of like different emotions, we took the alphabet and we each student was assigned a letter in the alphabet and each person, you know, the, their first frame and their end frame, the last person would take their end frame and animate that frame and then that person's end frame, the next person would pick it up. So I love the concept and I I have watched. Um, the behind the scenes, it was really cool, and to see the actual animation come together, that was really cool as well. Definitely. Uh, did you get, did you guys get a chance to check it out? Yeah. No. No. Of course. Uh, you know, in our in our Pixar world, as you can tell, we uh, get sucked into those kind of things. So a lot of times, other things that it's we hard would... to get us out of our bubble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's hard to get us out, but you guys are definitely gonna go, definitely gonna do that because I do love when things are like that as well. When it's really collaborative. You know, and it goes from one artist to the next, and and it makes a complete project. It's always it's always really really interesting and rich when that comes out. Very cool, uh, Matt. What what's your recommendation? So my recommendation for the week is not actually something animated. It, it's it's frustrating because um, this is actually something that I made. And at my work, because I work at Fisher Price, and I do a lot of animation at Fisher Price, but I do it all for like you know corporate presentations and like PowerPoints and stuff that eventually gets put on the web. But it's so confidential that I can't show anybody like anything. So I've done so much animation, and it's just like it's so frustrating that I can't put anything out there. That I actually finally have something that I can put out. That people can watch and it's not actually animated um we've actually been doing a um a new project that i've been put in charge of and we've actually been uh, uh doing a lot of web demos with uh, a remote control helicopter and i have um, the ability to shoot um video you know in the air which is awesome for some of the web you know stuff that i do and uh you know in testing you know, all the components, because I've been building this kind of uh, what we call as a quadcopter. I've actually been testing it out, um, you know, like the propellers, all the systems going into it. And this is actually one of the first flights that I've done. And you'll, TJ, Julie, you'll like this. I actually use the the soundtrack from WALL-E. Mm. So I, it's uh, put on your Sunday clothes. I actually took the soundtrack 
and I edited this video that I shot, you know, in my backyard of the sunset with this uh, quadcopter, and I edited the video to that soundtrack. So um, if, you know, you're into, you know, that sort of thing, I'd say go and check it out. What would you think, Mark? I, I liked it. It's, it's only... It's only a minute and a half, so if you guys don't have a ton of time, it's only a minute and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we can absolutely check that out, and it sounds sounds really interesting. And yeah, definitely, congrats on being able to share some of your work. <laughs> yeah, finally. Yeah, I, well, I, li- um, I liked the when the, some of the shots you got with the the sunset, and since you go up so high, it's cool when you get up that high, you can see the curvature of the Earth. It's actually, or is it was it a fisheye lens? The okay. what I use is a GoPro and it's a okay. really tiny camera and it's actually a fisheye lens. But okay. every every person that I've talked to is like, I can see the curvature of the earth, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. I did that. On, I did that on purpose. Yeah, but um, no, it was just a fun little project, and you know, I'm hoping to do a lot more of these um videos. And I I just I love like using music from um you know you know Disney Pixar so. You definitely check it out. Yeah. And then what is your recommendation, TJ and Julie? Yeah, we decided to come up with a collective uh, one. So we did the – we were actually thinking originally, you know, talking about the Art of Monsters University. But once, you know, we figured that you guys were going to be talking about that as well, we decided to actually think about movies, books. And, you know, with Monsters University just hitting theaters, we're like, we got to do a book because for anybody that's listening to your podcast that wants to get a little bit more background – or information into Pixar. The book we recommend is uh, called To Infinity and Beyond, The Story of Pixar Animation Studios. And oddly enough, it's also by Karen, I, I believe her last name is pronounced Paik, or is it Payek? Uh, and she actually was also the author of Art of Monsters University, so that ties right in. Nice. But the book goes into the history, very early and high-level overview of the history of Pixar, how it formed, and then it'll go through all of the movies from... Toy, uh, from the first Toy Story through the first Cars, because the book was published in 2007. But it's an awesome book. I mean, it's lime green. It's got like a felt cover. It's 300 pages. It's like 15 by 11 inches. It is a fantastic and gorgeous book. Has a ton of great photos and artwork and insight into those movies. So if anybody's interested in learning more or getting more background into Pixar, that's where we would recommend starting is that one. I was, my my wife actually got that for the library for me I think last summer, and I I had to extend my my loan on it so I could read the rest <laughs> of it. Yeah, it's a big book. Yeah. It's got a lot in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a ton of great pictures in there. There's there's really cool pictures of like the atrium of the inside, uh, which Matt, me and you should be jealous because these two have both been able to. Enter the hollowed halls of Pixar. Oh, yeah! It's it's the most gorgeous building I've ever been in. I mean, that's not like you know considered a Renaissance or something, you know, <laughs> of Rome or something like that building. But yeah, I mean, of modern architecture. And obviously, we're biased because you walk in and like the feeling of it is just so amazing. I mean, when we walked in, like Everett Downing, who did the Super's 365 Day sketches, is there, and then we ran into Ricky Nirva, and we're like, going, what the heck? Yeah. So, I mean, it's... And Bob Whitehill. Yeah, I mean, who does all their stereoscopic 3D conversions and Alex oh, Mandel, wow. who does a lot of the music. I mean, we're, oh, yeah. these people are just wandering around and it's a gorgeous building. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous building. The grounds are gorgeous. 
Well, there's two buildings there. Right. So main building and then the Brooklyn building, which is their newer building where all of the untitled, unspoken of movies are being worked on and produced out of. So you're not allowed in that building. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's a... I've been in it. Yeah, well, Julie was in it, but just in the, entry, in, just in the in, entryway. But yeah, we were lucky enough to go through and get a whole tour of the animation department and, you know, see all those funky offices that you only see on the extras and the DVD and all those kind of things. And it's just a, a wild experience. Awesome. Matt, I did actually get, a, get an invite from somebody that works there. So you, if... You tell me when you want to go, and we'll, I'll, I'll meet you. <laughs> okay. There. You guys definitely should. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I want to go there so bad. I mean, bring bring lots of money because oh, we yeah. spent a small fortune in the oh. studio store. Yeah, well, I, I'm going to need to apply that. for a credit card before I go there, just like so I spend <laughs> it in the studio. Oh, don't store. do that, Mark. I made that mistake. Don't do that. <laughs> It'll be a mistake well worth it. <laughs> well, just just do yourself a favor and sign up for a Discover card because then they then they won't take it because they don't accept Discover. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> so that way you can protect yourself. I'll get a, I'll get a Diners Club. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, so those are our recommendations for the week, uh, and then we'll be back in a few seconds with our main topic, which we're going to be talking about our memories and what we thought of Monsters Inc. and Matt, Matt and I are going to get talk about what we want to see in Monsters University. And I guess we can kind of ask you guys what, before you saw what you really wanted to see in the film and did it live up to that? Absolutely. So we'll be back in a few seconds with our main topic. for the week guys we're going to be entering the scar floor now and see who can get the the most streams by the by the end of this episode uh so matt do you think you'll be the top scarer ha i know it <laughs> <laughs> or or i guess we could do this post monsters inc and we could see who could get the the most laughs too so. there you go there you go <laughs> all right uh so Monsters, Inc. came out in 2001, November 2nd, and this was the first uh, picture from besides Bugs Life to to not be a Toy Story film. It, so it went Toy Story, Bugs Life, Toy Story 2, and then Monsters, Inc. And so when, when you guys first heard about this film all the way back, what was it, like 12, 12 years ago now? 12 years oh, ago. Wow. yeah. What did you first think about it when you, you heard about it? Well, we were obviously excited right off the bat. Um, and the, I think the one thing that attracted it to us right away, which still holds true today. And we can talk about this collectively because we were dating back then. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, what, what attracted us to it right off the bat was the, the colors and the, the originality, the, the originality and the artwork of it. I mean, just seeing some of those original clips where they would show you just the world of it 
And, uh, you know, it's got all those crazy funky shaped doors and the cool colors and the music in the trailer was fun. And the fact that they had Billy Crystal and John Goodman. I mean, I think we were kind of sold on this one right away, too. There was a couple along the way that we doubted. But this one, again, we were we were right in on it. Definitely. And did you guys uh, a few months ago go in, and check it out again when it came out in theaters in 3D? Oh, of course we oh, had of to. Course. Oh, yeah, party, <laughs> party source tracks. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. So, what did you guys think of it when you, you know, back in the day? You know, did you guys see this right at the theaters, or was it? Did you get hooked up with it once it got on, uh, well, VHS, VHS at that point? <laughs> yeah. Or DVD. <laughs> I'll let you go first, Matt. Oh my God! It, I mean, it, what year did it come out again? Two thousand one. Wow. What the heck was I doing? Yeah, I know. You got to really dig back in the memory. That would have been, uh, I believe, 10th grade high school. 10th grade? Jeez. Oh, you know? you're aging us, Mark. You're aging <laughs> us. <laughs> I, I I couldn't even tell you. I mean, I, I think that, you know, after Toy Story came out, Toy Story 1, I skipped over um, or A Bug's Life, and I think I went right to Monsters, Inc., and that was like that was the movie for me. Yeah. So, oh man, yeah, that was a long time ago. It's scary to think, isn't it? It is. It is. And you know, it's scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to go for the most bad pun laughs. It, it's funny, and you know, the the funny thing that I I remember, um, not actually pertaining to the movie, but like I've had a lot of various jobs before you know getting a, a job at pick uh, uh yeah <laughs> fisher price um i worked at this factory for you know like a couple of days i couldn't oh my god but um when i was working in this factory for McCoy. some reason people would get on like the pa system and they would just ra- like randomly be like i need this person to come down to this office and one of the names was mike wazowski and i was like <laughs> So the and it was like you know like famous people's names and I'm like what and that was just one thing that I don't know just funny little story kind of tangent off of this but I just used to hear like Mike Wazowski when I was working in this factory and I'm just thinking of like Monsters Inc right now and it was, oh that was great and they were being they were being dead serious there's a guy they were dead serious they were like would Mike Wazowski please come down to this office and I'm like what I work with Mike Wazowski <laughs> like I thought it was an actual person like in this factory named Mike Wazowski nice so that was yeah my little two cents in there <laughs> yeah oh uh, yeah I mean. I'm trying to remember, like, I remember Toy Story was the first Pixar film that I saw, but I'm trying to remember, like, what really, what, I I think it might have been Monsters University, or, no, I I think it was Toy Story, actually, like, that, like, really made me love Pixar, and then Bugs Life just added to that, and, like, still my favorite character from Pixar movie is Flick, Um, and and also according to uh, one of those those personality things you can take at, at Disney World. That's the Disney character I most like. Um, <laughs> um, Toy Story 2 was, again, awesome. And then and then Monsters University came out. Uh, I remember on, when they did the DVD for this, they were talking about like how after September 11th happened, they did something with one of the scenes in there. Or like originally, I think uh, Harryhausen's ex- like exploded. 
So then they did, right. they decided yeah. to do the big green kind of like four plasma. fuel type thing, plasma thing instead. So so that way it would seem more like fantasy-ish and not. So, I mean, I think that's cool how they were able to change it like that fast. And at the last minute, seeing as how like the movie came out like two months after that. Yeah, they were panicking, though, because, I mean, the movie, if you think about two months before, that scene was already done. Yeah. And oh. they had, after it had happened, they said they regrouped the next day and said, you know, do we need to delay this movie? What do we need to do? And uh, they collectively said, you know, well, the first thing we can't do is have the building explode any longer. That's not going to be funny. <laughs> so they came up, they tried to, they originally were going to just scrap the scene, but they're like, no, we need to keep it. So then you're right. On the DVD, they talk about that they put that green plasma blob over it just as showing that it was just more of uh, putting it in a quarantine state yeah. than actually exploding it. And in 2001, obviously their computer software is up to where it is now. So that's even more of a feat that they were able to get it done that fast. Yeah, rendered in yeah. yeah. Rendering is probably also like worth... two-thirds of how long it took. Right. Yeah, I think it's also worth noting that um, this was the first film that wasn't directed by uh, right. John Lasseter. Right, Pete Docter, uh, who then go on to do Up, and like I forgot somehow earlier, in, Inside the Mind. Or yes. <laughs> inside, inside Out. out. Wow, wow. <laughs> What is going on? Uh, <laughs> something's going on inside out of your mind. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Uh, but we should talk about the cast, too. John Goodman as Sully. Billy Crystal as Mike Wazowski. Uh, Mary Gibbs as Boo. Uh, so I've always wondered, like, uh, recently now, I was like, I wonder how, with Mary Gibbs, she was, what, she was two-year-old? She was two years old or around that then when the, the film came out. Mm-hmm. So, so she's she's what is she? A fourteen now, I'm assuming. Fourteen, fifteen, something like yeah. that. Yeah. So I'm wondering, like, what her, like, memories are and like thoughts on the film and like how weird it is for her to like go see like a boo doll that's out now that she can press and it'll sound like a a baby version of her. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. I mean, it's like even if you think about it from Andy's perspective from yeah. Toy Story, I say Andy as if his name is Andy. But, uh, you know, that they got that same boy to do Toy Story 1, 2, 3. I mean, so that's pretty dang cool that he's able to kind of see that same progression. But, yeah, certainly from her standpoint, you know, she was so young that I, what memories does she really have? Because they essentially just hooked a mic up and chased her around the room with toys is what they said to try to get her to make those noises and say the different words. Wow. I guess for her memory, she has to watch the the, the DVD extras now. Right, because it does show like a brief clip of that that portion of it where yeah. where they're just there's a guy there's one of the boom mics you know there's a guy holding it just running around while Pete Doctor's you know chasing her with like a stuffed animal. <laughs> yeah, uh, and we have uh, Steve Buscemi in the film as well as Randall Boggs, uh, who Randall I always thought was an awesome character in the movie and. Uh, my my wife and my son actually got me the Monsters University of Pop Figures, all three of them the other day. It's Mike Sully and Randall for an early Father's Day gift. And the Randall one is, is really awesome. He's wearing a Letterman jacket, and then he's got his glasses on for the first film. So I'm, I'm assuming at some point in Monsters University he takes them off, because you know how he's always squinting in Monsters, Inc.? I'm assuming hmm. this is why he's squinting, because he needs to be wearing his glasses, but he wants to seem like he's a cooler person than he actually is by not wearing his glasses. And I guess they don't, 
Although they do have contacts in Mo in the Monstropolis, because if you remember, Mike, Mike Wazowski puts has one that in. huge contact. Yep. In. Yep. So, you'll uh, just have to see. Yeah, you'll have to see on that Monsters University part. <laughs> Can't wait till Wednesday. <laughs> uh, Jennifer Chili was Celia May. Uh, you know, uh, Mike Wazowski's uh, little sneaky poo. Uh, <laughs> Schmoopsy poo. Schmoopsy poo. <laughs> uh, James Coburn was Henry J. Waternoose the third, who uh, I know Henry J. Waternoose is going to be in Monsters University. Kelsey Grammer took over the role since James Coburn unfortunately passed away. Uh, Bob Peterson did the voice of Ross. I, I I always like when the the different filmmakers at at Pixar do. Like do the scratch voices for these characters, and then ultimately they did so awesome at that that they end up doing the voice for that character. Yeah, it's his voice. I still can't believe. I mean, the first time that we eventually saw or figured out that that was Bob Peterson, I'm like, how is that not an old smoking woman? Like, because <laughs> he legitimately sounds like he's like, hey, hey guys. I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, just like Edna Mode is done by Brad Bird, so I mean, exactly, yeah. It, it's it's really awesome, like how. And then obviously he went on to, he did he did the voice of Doug, correct? I want to make he sure did, I don't yeah. screw up again. Bob Peterson, yes, he did the voice for Doug. Yeah, so you have, it'd be awesome to see you, Roz and Doug in a scene together. <laughs> uh, uh, Frank Oz, obviously the legendary Frank Oz. Ah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> did the voice of uh, Fungus, who I, I guess he's actually also returning in Monsters University, too. Um, oh, or as well, I don't want to make people think that there's a sequel to Monsters University, because that sequel is Monsters, Inc. Right. Uh, John Ratzenberger, again, came back, Pixar's Good Luck Charm, as the Abominable Snowman. And it's just lemon flavoring. <laughs> <laughs> yes. no, don't worry, just lemon. <laughs> I'm hoping to, to see the Abominable Snowman in Monsters University too before he gets banished to the Himalayas. So I've got my fingers crossed for that. Well, uh, that can be that can be in your list of things that you hope to see. Yes. <laughs> uh, the the very unlucky George Sanderson, uh, <laughs> code twenty three nineteen, the sock on his back. Uh, that's another cool thing about the these pop figures that Funko's been putting out is the the detail that they do on these on the back. On his back, on the pop figure, there's a, so a sock stuck to him. That's awesome. So sweet. And and from some some of the promotion that yeah, promotional material we've seen, George Sanderson is going to be in Monsters University too. So it's going to be cool to see a bunch of these characters that we liked from Monsters Incorporated as these younger college-bound kids, and that as well. And then Bonnie Hunt is Miss Flint. I I heard that. Bonnie Hunt is coming back for Monsters University as well, but she's not, obviously, she's not going to be the same character. Um, we can confirm that she is a voice in the movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Jeff Pigeon did the voice of Flem. So I, I think my, let's go around, I guess, and what, what are our favorite scenes? Uh, go Julie, TJ, Matt, myself. Oh my gosh. Um, I have so many favorite scenes. Um, one of my favorite scenes, I guess, would be, um, every scene with George Sanderson, because George <laughs> Sanderson is one of my favorite characters, but the main scene being when, um, he first has the sock on his back 
and they basically destroy the, the CDA destroys the sock and he's like, oh, thanks guys. And then they basically put the curtain around him, give him a shower, shave him. Um, but I like the detail in that scene because when the hair goes over the curtain, oh, yeah. one of the CDA members moves his foot and the detail that these animators put into it or the simulation animators with the fur when it moves on the ground with yeah. the guy's foot, um, that has always stuck out to me. Yeah, they talk about that on the extras as well because that was a big thing that when it happened, they were like, wow, that was the first time we were having characters interact with you know, extra elements of the movie itself and pushing things out of the way. Yeah, so um, that's always been one of my favorite scenes because I love George Sanderson. <laughs> Yeah, mine, uh, you know, how do you whittle it down? Um, you know, we can go on and on, but I would probably say, and it's probably just because it comes across as so natural, like this would really happen, is when Mike and Sully are getting done with their shift for the day, they go back into the locker room, and Mike is asking Sully for his odorant, because they don't use deodorant, of course, they use odorant. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, hey, you got smelly garbage, old dumpster, low tide, wet dog. You know, he's got like all the list of them. But I just absolutely love that that natural element because that part was actually ad-libbed. They said that, you know, the, some of the odorants were ad-libbed by Billy Crystal huh. and by John Goodman. And it's just so cool how it goes back and forth. It's just natural. It's it's so yeah. real. It feels like two guys that have been friends for a long time just hanging out. He's talking about going out with his girlfriend later that night. He needs some odorant. It's great. Awesome. Matt, how about you? I think the very, for me, my favorite clip is like the very, very last one. It's like the most emotional scene of the whole movie where, you know, Sully uh, or Mike presents Sully with like the last piece of the door that he rebuilt. And then, you know, he pops, Sully pops his head into the door and just says, boo. And right there uh, in that, like, moment, that's probably, like, my favorite moment of every Pixar movie. And I think that was in, like, a top ten list, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Back, that moment right there, because that was, like, the most emotional, like, just, like, clincher right there. And that was, like, my favorite part. I think I watched that scene, like, over and over and over. Even the song that plays there is just awesome yeah that's another thing about all the picture films is the the score is always great like yeah uh, our our theme to animation fascination is randy newman's monsters incorporated <laughs> yeah opening yeah, i was gonna title. say this fits this fits right in yeah this is you know like uh this is the podcast <laughs> yeah uh so my favorite scene is the the basically the door chase like like the entire like where all the doors are stored and the sequence where they're running through each of the doors and this was even cooler seeing it in 3d a couple months ago with can you can see the oh, yeah. dimensional space when they're going through them and you tell me about that yeah the, my, my favorite line in that is when mike he goes through one of the doors and it's laying flat or no he, yeah when he comes from it's yeah, it's laying flat on the ground. He he jumps through it, and when he comes through, he's in Paris. And since they had, a, it would have been nice if they had been make anywhere near being made Ratatouille yet, because they could have referenced that some somehow. But um, 
and he falls because of the way that the gravity changes when he jumps there, and he's like, "That was weird." <laughs> and I just like the like the delivery that Billy Crystal gave for that, and I'm really excited now that they've talked about, and I think it's actually confirmed now that they're developing uh, a roller coaster for Disney, where it's going to be based off of the the door sequence. So I am really excited for that to be finished, and I will be first in line for it when it opens up. Yes. I cannot yeah, wait. You, you know what I like about this discussion is here we are, we're four different people, and not one of us had the same scene that we liked. Yeah, I, I was... think that's really important with Pixar. Everyone kind of, you know, latches on to certain different aspects, and I think that's, you know, kind of what makes them such popular films. Definitely. Because yeah. they appeal to every, everybody from, from yeah. my little seven-year-old son to to us. So I mean, my my parents love them as well. So, uh, so I guess so from that, who who is your favorite character? Well, you Julie kind of already answered mm. this. Her favorite character is George Sanderson. So uh, TJ and Matt, who is your favorite character in the film? Matt, go ahead, because I need a second. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, I'd have to say Mike Wazowski. Absolutely. Like, he is my favorite character. Do you remember when, back when Facebook used to have that thing called the graffiti wall? Yeah, uh, you you did a really good drawing of, of Mike. Yeah, I, I remember, you know, I liked Monsters, Inc. so much that, you know, I decided to try and do, uh, uh, you know, a rendering of Mike Wazowski on that graffiti wall thing. And, that, you know, that was pretty cool. I liked doing that. And then you could, like, replay it so you could see me actually paint it. That was really cool when they had that on Facebook. Whatever happened to that? I got rid um, of it with many of the other all, all the updates of. yeah that was really i think i still might have that painting i did of mike wazowski somewhere but yeah i think you i know, saved it because i liked it so much i have um you know just so many like stuffed animals i have like the cars um you, you know like the how they made the cars mike wazowski and sully oh yeah i have I, ha I, yeah. I have that on my desk at work like yeah he's definitely my favorite character well, you're going to be geared up for Monsters University then by far. Um, I would say that Mike Wazowski is definitely one of my favorites because I think, you know, the, the passion in Billy Crystal's voice is what really sells it for me. Yeah. Um, and but I think because I tend to lean a lot towards the totally ridiculous, like you see him for two seconds in the movie characters. I love when they're walking to work in the morning and they come <laughs> across the, the grocer who's Tony. And he's like, hey, bada bing. He's like, yeah, would you look down the house? And you know, he's like, you know, the, the <laughs> typical, like, you know, Italian kind of like Tony the grocer. It's just, I love the design of him. I love how he moves. I love that whole scene, how they animate him with all the arms and he chucks him the, the crazy looking star fruits. So I think that would probably be my favorite second, like not even secondary, like background character. But yeah, if it had to be a main character, I'd have to say Mike Wazowski as well. I, I will finish fin yeah, finish out this trifecta and say that my favorite character is also Mike Wazowski. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, you guys are definitely going to love Monsters U. Yeah. yeah. Can't uh, wait. And yeah. the new characters. Oh, so, my gosh. Sorry, silly fans, but... <laughs> <laughs> our yeah, favorite, really. Our favorite color is green. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, there's, there was a piece of art I saw once that it was it said it was... Easy being green and then had Yoda with with Kermit 
I mean, that, that's mostly because Frank Oz did, did the voice for both of them. Mm-hmm. But I think it would have been cool to, to see Mike Wazowski in there as well. So. Yeah, it should. And in fact, the connection, like you mentioned, with Fungus being by yeah. Frank Oz, they should have had him in there. Well, maybe maybe they'd have fungus in there, but fungus isn't green. So, <laughs> well, not that fungus, but you're right. <laughs> Again, uh, and so I guess last thoughts on Monsters Inc. Before we talk a little bit about Monsters University. Yeah, I'll jump in on on this part because I think one of my favorite things that I have to talk about. And, and, you know, and you, obviously at the top of the podcast, you guys mentioned that it's your intro music and everything. I think that that song, the intro song to Monsters, to Monsters, Inc., where they've got the door, just the whole opening credits with the, the fun door animations and the colors opening and closing as they're popping letters around and the name of the characters and the cast. I think that that is my favorite song for Pixar. And I think that that's my favorite movie intro. I just absolutely yeah. love it. It's so much fun. Fun and it sets up the mood for the movie right off the bat. Oh, I just just remember this. Actually, this was wasn't this the the first film that was really well when Monsters Inc. was put together. This was the first of their films really in production at their their campus that they're at now. Because before that, they had been working at, at Richmond Point and and their other smaller locations but this one was the like when the production really started gearing up on this, this that's true because really yeah on the, on the dvd they show that they had the um the celebration when the movie wrapped and all that within the atrium so i think yeah you're right i you know what's funny is i didn't even think of that right off the top of my head but you're right yeah thank you wikipedia <laughs> cheater yeah i'm not gonna claim claim to have just known that off the top of my head. uh what are you guys' thoughts, uh, Matt, Julie? Anything else, last-minute thoughts, Julie, on uh, Monsters, Inc.? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree with you with the opening scene. It's, you know, it's just a classic movie, I think. You know, it's already 12 years old, and gosh, we have nephews and a niece that's super young, and, I mean, they love it. So I think it's a, it's going to be a timeless movie, just like those classic Disney movies, which I think is really important. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's so sorry to jump back in, but it's definitely quotable. And that's one of the things that I think always makes a great movie. I mean, you've got Roz with, you know, I'll be watching you, Wazowski, always watching you. People always talk about that. You got Randall with the part where he does, shh, shh, do you hear that? It's the winds of change. <laughs> and then, you know, I mean, like, it, it just goes on and on and on. But uh, I mean, it's I think a movie that's very quotable also makes for a, a movie that stays more timeless because people want to keep talking about it. I, I think this was also the the last movie that Pixar did the their bloopers for too, which I liked those and they did it for Bugs Life, Toy Story two, and then this, but I don't think they ever did any more after that. Which, I I guess they did that to kind of favor doing the new, more new short films. But but I do still miss seeing the the bloopers that they created for each of these. Because so I would have liked to you know maybe see some in like Incredibles or Ratatouille or even. I think it would have been awesome to see like some some random ones in Wally just to, to see like mm-hmm. Wally scream. <laughs> hmm But yeah, it was the last one they did it, and they basically said that they felt like they had done it, and they just didn't want to keep doing it, and then eventually get people sick of it. They wanted to leave it. They wanted to leave it on a high. Definitely. 
But but Mike Wazowski would return in a little cameo, swimming through the sea and finding Nemo. There you go. Uh, yeah. So and uh, of the top of my head, um, actually, I went to a Goodwill a few weeks ago, and I was actually lucky enough someone had donated a framed Monsters Inc. poster for like the original Monsters Inc. movie double-sided one sheet. So. I bought that for a good old two dollars. So wow, I was, Ooh, I was pretty lucky. Yeah, I was pretty lucky to find that. Uh, so that is our discussion about Monsters Inc. Uh, since you guys have seen Monsters University, I, I guess we'll we'll start with you. And before you saw what did before walking into the theater and sitting down and the lights going off, what were you expecting to see? What what did you want to see? I think my first thing is I wanted to make sure that it wasn't going to just railroad or kind of like throw the same thing in your face as as what, you know, Monsters, Inc. was. I'm glad that it wasn't a rehashing. I'm glad that it was different. I'm glad that it still held true to the amazing colors and depth that the movie had. And the, and the world. The world with the, with the great crazy shapes and all those kind of things and how everything – all the ordinary items in the world are also monsterized. And, you know, I think that that was the number one thing I wanted to do. I wanted to make sure that it would stay true to the heart of the original film. But being a college movie, I was expecting and and happily found out that it definitely was a lighter side as well, where it just included all that humor that I've already alluded to about 50 times on here. <laughs> definitely. Anything, Julie? I mean, I don't want to give anything away, but um, gosh, I, it's not that I i was definitely surprised, but I knew it was going to be good. I don't know why. It's just one of those films, I think, from like the trailers and stuff. I'm like, OK, this is going to be awesome. First off, the character development on these new characters is phenomenal. So, yeah, you were hoping that they were going to introduce some new characters and that definitely, they were going to be. I didn't. I mean, as much as I love all the old characters from Monsters, Inc., I didn't really want to see them all again. I wanted to see new characters, new characters that, you know, weren't going to be around when Monsters, Inc. comes around when they're older. Um, and then you just kind of think, well, gosh, well, where did, you know, where did the character art go? Yeah, it's probably in prison. Yeah. <laughs> but I just, I kind of wanted to, you know, see that because, I mean, sometimes you're friends with people in college and, gosh, you don't know where they end up right. to. So that, to me, was important that they, uh, you know, introduce some really phenomenal characters. And I must say, the voice acting throughout the film, um, I'm, I always really listened to that. And it was perfect. Now, I thought Brave did a phenomenal job. I think Masters University did an even more phenomenal job because there's so many more characters to voice and each one of these new voice characters are great. Definitely. Uh, Matt, what, do, so since you and I haven't seen it yet, what, what are you, what are your, your musts that you want to see in the movie when you see it? <laughs> well, since I'm very detailed texture oriented, I cannot wait. I mean, I've seen all the trailers and, you know, the new lighting, the ray tracing, the global illumination, I cannot wait to just see it in its entirety with all the new just lighting, the realistic looking textures. I cannot wait to see all that. I remember when 
uh, Ratatouille came out and, you know, you got to see all the textures of like the food and like the bread just blew me away that Pixar <laughs> could do like, you know, that type of like 3D with food. I was like amazed. I cannot wait to see you know, just the look and the lighting of every scene. And, you know, and it, on top of that, just the, the new characters, you know, seeing some of the old characters and, um, you know, just seeing like, you know, how they were. And I, I know that they, they actually, uh, the character design, they actually kind of designed them to be younger. So I can't wait to see that contrast of, um, you know, what they were like in Monsters, Inc., and to see how they designed them to be younger, you know, in right. um, Monsters University. Yeah. So, and, you know, on top of that, just, you know, I keep hearing the stories great and everything is just, everything is just ramping up right now and I can't wait to see it. Cool. Yeah, <clears throat> kind of what you said, Matt, is, uh, remember a little bit of what I did read in the, the Art of Book was that John Lasseter uh, told Dan Scanlon that, for the film that he wanted he wanted each of the characters that we had seen before to have some kind of like quirk so that would separate them so if people saw an image of them they'd be like oh that's the one from monsters university that's the one from monsters inc yeah so, so like they gave uh sully his little faux hawk and he's uh, a little bit skinnier and whatnot and then you know gave mike the retainer and randall's glasses uh so I'm interested in seeing like all of like the the younger character designs for the movies and like how their relationships were at this stage in their life for those characters that we've seen before, and how like some stuff that might happen in this film will affect the way they act towards each other later on. Like why does why is Randall so competitive against Sully, uh, and and like. <sighs> I like. I really want to see because you see like how how well uh, Mike is at you know motivating Sully to be a scarer in in Monsters Inc. and you can tell from the trailers how badly Mike wants to be that. So and obviously he doesn't exactly get to do that. So I, I want to see his journey with that and how he deals with that because I feel like that'll kind of hit home with me because like you. Because people always have dreams, but maybe they're not always able to accomplish them in exactly the way that they thought they would. Or maybe something else comes up that they're better at, and they find that out in a surprising way. So I'm I'm hoping to see all of all of the great Pixar emotional and well and comedic things like you guys have been saying in the film. And I'm expecting to to be blown away by the film because. Each time I have a, a favorite Pixar film, I kind of get like a special feeling uh, from like watching trailers for it before I see it, and then that ends up being another one of my favorites. And like the last time that happened was with Wall-E, and that that's still one of my my favorite Pixar films. And that's been going on now with all the the Monsters University stuff. So mm -hmm. I'm I'm assuming this is gonna be up there with me for like like Wall-E and The Incredibles and I cannot wait until Wednesday night. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good the good news is is what you guys have mentioned. Uh, I believe we can confidently say that you guys are going to be satisfied in all of those areas, awesome. and especially Mark, from your standpoint uh, of talking about that story of trying to you know figure out where you know Mike ends up and what he wants. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and how, how you relate with that. Um, but also keep in mind, um, you know, Don Carlton. Oh yeah. And you know that he's a mature student, yeah. uh, from the trailers. Cause Matt said he watched all the trailers. Have you seen all the trailers? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you've seen all the trailers. So you know, kind of his, you know, that he's an older student and all those kind of things. Cause his story is, uh, it will get you that same way. It's very good. Uh, and um, so, yeah, go ahead. Oh, oh, I was just going to say, and then from uh, Matt's standpoint, from all the details and everything, I mean, this takes, I mean, imagine a, a campus. It always has a lot of grass, trees. Uh, the way the light is coming through the trees is gorgeous. The way the morning fog is sitting on the grass, it, it will, wow. it, it'll blow your mind. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. The other thing Matt and I are looking forward to is that we're huge fans of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and and the actor oh, yeah. Charlie Day. So oh. we're we're excited to to see Art steal the the movie from everybody. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's my favorite in the movie, and it's just he's one of my favorites. Just because just because he's so hilarious. Uh, I'll be glad to hear Dave Foley's voice in a a Pixar movie again too. After so, so long after Flick. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, and I want since we're talking about art, I want to. I'll give you. I want you guys to be able to, to promote your contest that you're doing right now for Art's Dream Journal. Yeah. So Julie, when she went to the press day at Pixar, watched the first forty minutes of the film at that point, and uh, in that moment, you've seen it in the trailers. Now Art throws a, a a Dream Journal to Mike and Sully when they first arrive at the Uzma Kappa House. And says, thought you might like to keep a dream journal. And um, it literally is only shown for maybe two seconds in the entire film. Right. But she came back and was like, this thing is awesome. I want this. So she essentially said, you need to draw this for me. So I had some, you know, struggles, went through multiple iterations. And uh, I don't consider myself to be the graphic artist or anything like that. But it's a very graphical design where it's defined lines. It's not just a pencil sketch or a painting or something like that where it can be more freeform. But uh, anyways, we ended up getting them professionally printed, uh, and then we went to a Monsters University screening charity event where we met with Dan Scanlon and in the process had him sign a version of the Dream Journal that we made, uh, which is essentially just a, a notebook that, you know, like I mentioned, was printed. And we are giving away a copy of the Dan Scanlon signed Dream Journal uh, on our site right now. It'll be closing on June 21st at 11.59 p.m. Pacific Standard Time to make sure that uh, it's after midnight for those folks on the West Coast that might be getting out. It's open to anybody in the U.S., uh, well, I should say the 48 contiguous United States. And uh, it's, a, it's a great contest. We've been getting a lot of feedback on it, a lot of entries. People are really excited about it. And, uh, you know, obviously we're excited to give away a signed piece of artwork that, uh, you know, not, not only, not only that we did, director, yeah. not only we did, but signed by the director. It's very, very cool. I, I entered Matt, so, I, so you should as well. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to enter this. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put a link to that in our show notes, too, so everybody can head over to your guys' site and enter that. Uh, yeah, guys, so that is our, our discussion about the, the world of Monstropolis today. So if, if you guys are excited for Pixar's return to Monstropolis, uh, get to see Sully and Mike again, uh, let us know on Twitter, Facebook, send us an email. Uh, don't forget you can follow Matt and I individually on Twitter. Um, I'm at Mark Vibbert, M-A-R-C-V-I-B-B-R-T. 
And I am at QuestPact, Q-U-E-S-T-P-A-C-T. In case anybody forgot for you guys from the beginning of the show, where can people find you guys on Twitter? We are on uh, Twitter at the Pixar Post. Uh, just T H E P A X R, yeah, Pixar post. You got it. Like Pixar <laughs> post, like a postage stamp. One, <laughs> one final note on Monsters U. Be sure to stay through the end credits. Oh, nice. Thank you. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, and if you guys want to follow our show on Twitter as well, we're at Animated Podcast. Uh, you can feel. And if you've been following us on Twitter, uh, hopefully by the time this podcast, this episode is out. Uh, we'll have gotten rid of all of the tickets. Uh, uh, I was hoping we had more f- fans in Phoenix because uh, we were able to get 20 tickets to an advanced screening of Masters University on the 17th. And right now we still have 14. And all you had to do was send in a picture of yourself screaming in front of like a local landmark here in the, the Phoenix area. Uh, I-, I wish like the tickets could have just been like available like to use at, at anywhere in the U.S., but since I'm located here and that's where the people gave them to me from, that's unfortunately they're only right here, but uh, we've gotten a a few entries to that so far, but uh, we still have tickets left. uh, So if by the time this comes out and you've already entered, thank you. And if not, sorry that you didn't get any tickets, Uh, but again, feel free to email us at animationfascinationpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our site at animationfascination.wordpress.com. Matt and I are actively uh, looking and discussing getting a a web, uh, getting rid of the WordPress part of that and possibly getting animationfascination.net. So stay tuned with that. Uh, we're working on it right now. And also, you guys can like us on Facebook just by searching for Animation Fascination. So I'm Mark Vibert for myself, Matt Quest, and our guest hosts, TJ and Julie from the Pixar Posts. Thank you for listening, and make sure to tune in again next time, guys. Later. I'm just a punky little eyeball And a funky optic noise Hey, I never told you this Sometimes I get a little blue Looks good on you But I wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have you Let's dance. <laughs> Look, Ma, I'm dancing. Would you let me lead? Look at that. It's true. Big guys are lighting their feet. Don't you dare dip me. Don't you dare dip me. Don't you dare dip me. Ow, I should have stretched. Yes, I wouldn't be nothing if I didn't have you. I know what you mean, Sully. Because I wouldn't know where to go. Me too, because I wouldn't know what to do. Why you keep singing my part? I, I don't, don't have to say it. I say it anyway. Because we both know, know it's true. I wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have. I wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have. I wouldn't have. Tell me when you're ready. I, th- I think that was one of the, the, the most fun we've had. Episode- well, sorry. I've been getting tongue-tied here. Okay, yeah, if you need us to shut up, though, just oh, let us know. That's, that's fine. <laughs> I, I heard about it. They blah, 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 blah. Our main topic. Topics.
Hey, Matt, I have a question for you. It's totally random. Sure. Um, has anyone ever said that you sound like Tobey Maguire? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've had Owen Wilson once, but not Tobey Maguire yet. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I... The whole time, I'm like, he sounds like somebody. She was writing it like a, you know, like a, on a note in front of me, and she's like, yeah. who is it? And I'm like, I don't know who it is. I'm listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, at just the, got she just wrote it down. She goes, Tobey Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I haven't you heard do. that one yet, but... Oh, well, no, I, yeah. You guys can say goodbye to everybody. Oh! <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! Huh.